welcome to Healing at the Speed of Light. Every week, we discuss how laser therapy is changing healthcare and how you can benefit. Now, here is your host and founder of Laser Therapy Institute, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for being here. You bet. Thanks for letting me come again. Well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, we're talking kind of from a patient perspective this morning about low back pain. And, and laser therapy, but low back pain specifically, um, because low back pain is a major issue. So before we get any further, we'll do introductions. This is Christy. She's a certified laser tech, and she is here to discuss the patient perspective of what we talk about with laser therapy. And my name is Jason Roundtree. I'm a chiropractor and a certified medical laser safety officer. We do a lot of laser therapy um, within LTI and within our clinic uh, right here locally. And so I thought it'd be good to go ahead and bring up some some studies today that were published just this year that talk about low back pain. And you've probably heard me talk about these before because I mm-hmm. rant a little bit about them. Um, but I thought it'd be good to, to approach this again and talk about lower back pain because 90 plus percent of people will have low back pain at some point right. in their lives. Right. So um, for most people, it's just an acute type of an episode where you end up with pain down around the belt line. Mm -hmm. Um, But in some cases that can become chronic. They estimate about 30% of people with acute low back pain, so recent low back pain, that will become something that is long lasting uh, for months or years. And it it can become debilitating, you know, just wearing on you, so. Yeah. Yeah, we see that a lot with, with folks that have had long-term pain. It's not necessarily a 9 out of 10 every day, but no. even just that sustained kind of lower level of, of pain is, is really unpleasant, mm-hmm. and it becomes more and more unpleasant longer it goes on. Right. And I've got to say, before we get into any of the studies, low back pain is tough. It, it's it's hard to treat low back pain well. Um, you know, the, the guidelines out there are demanding a lot of of physician time as far as educating people on what they should and shouldn't do and trying to avoid opioid medications Mm -hmm. really almost no one should be on opioid medications for low back pain no um but also too many times doctors and primary care doctors trying to do their best for people will refer them out to a surgeon way too soon or they'll they'll order an, an mri again way early on in like an acute pain episode and what usually happens with that is it actually degrades the care that that person gets because Mm -hmm. instead of maybe strengthening the spine they end up in the surgeon's office they end up getting cut on and then they might get something like a spinal fusion or a a disc operation that in many cases isn't necessary and for some of these things going down that route can be bad for one thing new new article i was just telling you about (laughs) this morning yeah um this article came out uh, just a few days ago on the 8th and uh, a Florida surgeon is in trouble for billing patients for spinal fusions that he never even performed. That is incredible. Yeah. So, uh, you know, of course, that's not the norm. Most surgeons are doing their very best to help patients. But uh, I guess this guy cut people open, sewed them right back up and went on about his day and billed them for over $100,000 a pop. And the patients didn't think why am I not feeling better? Well, or, you know, maybe they did. Maybe they did. Maybe. But that's one of the things with fusions. Mm-hmm. With a fusion, many times, pain does not get remarkably better. 
Or if it does get better, a lot of times the pain is back to the exact same level right. within a five-year term. So fusions are generally just not that effective. Sometimes they're necessary, but in a lot of cases they're just not very effective. Uh, and even when they go very well, sometimes it's a minimal improvement. I had a new patient here yesterday, and this person had a fusion done in 2008, I believe. Okay. Um, and they had pain that was going from the low back all the way down the legs and into the feet. I mean, mm. a lot of pain. They had this fusion done, and the pain is now in the back and the legs, but not the feet. Okay. So, okay. you know, that's been another 13 years of ongoing pain that, yes, it did get a little better, but certainly wasn't a solution, you know, and that's why they're here now. And that just seems like more nerve than anything. Mm -hmm. So how do you know what the source of the back pain is? Right. I mean, what's it manifesting from? Well, yes, exactly. And even with really good imaging, like mm -hmm. an MRI, you know, where you can see all the parts and pieces, a lot of times w the structures that are creating the pain, that's not like it, it doesn't jump out at you on MRI. You still have to right. guess a little bit when you're looking at MRI and think, well, you know, there's a, there's a disc bulge here, and maybe that's creating some of this patient's problem. Mm -hmm. uh, but even then, there's a lot of unknown to it. So, right. you know, you're still uh, a little bit guessing. Mm -hmm. And so then it comes to, okay, what do you want to play guesswork with? Do you want to guess at your surgery, or would you rather guess and hope that maybe some chiropractic or some physical therapy might help? I would rather go towards the non-invasive option at least first and then right. if that doesn't work right then maybe proceed on to the surgeon office and that's exactly what the guidelines for low back pain say you should do you should be mm -hmm. trying some non-invasive conservative care before you ever get to the surgeon's office because once you have surgery you can't take it back right these people were cut open you can't change that yeah and what other damage could have been done based on that so right conservative approach is always Usually the best. Option. Usually a good place to start. <laughs> and, you know, there are certain things where you do need to see the surgeon right away. Right. If you have loss of bowel or bladder control, if you, um, you know, have significant muscle weakness, in a lot of cases, it's better to go ahead and go straight to the surgeon, you know, in, in those things. But most right. people don't have that. Right. Most people are dealing with back pain, sometimes pain that radiates down the legs, you know, they'll end up with a pain in the in the butt muscle or, or the back of the leg. The sciatic nerve. Right, right. You know? So. Surgery is not always a good idea for those folks. In fact, in most cases, surgery is not a good idea. Hmm. Now, there's another study, and I don't have it with me today because I wasn't going to go into this one, but I thought it was going to bring up <laughs> since we're here. Um, there's another study that says if somebody doesn't do well with conservative care, if they don't get better, having things like physical therapy, chiropractic, massage, laser therapy, if they don't get better with that, mm -hmm. then their outcomes from surgery actually look really good. So okay. it's, it's almost like a, like a screening process. So you if go. you try conservative care and it doesn't work, you re really give it a try, mm -hmm. and it doesn't work, then you know that, hey, my chances of getting good results from surgery are very high. Whereas if you go straight to the surgeon, it's kind of 50-50. Right. Well, there's complications from surgery. Yeah. There always are, or not always, but often there are mm -hmm. complications from surgery. You cut someone open, you're opening the wound, you're, you're creating a wound. There's but always a risk of infection. Risk of yeah. infection. You try some of these other conservative approaches, you know, light therapy. It's it's non-invasive. There's there are no really uh, side effects. Right. So. Yeah, it's been proven safe for over we're over 
60 years of, of research now mm-hmm. that's been done on light and laser therapy. And I should say, if, if you're new uh, to the podcast and you're just joining us now, when we're talking about laser therapy, we're not talking about laser surgery. We're not cutting with lasers. Right. And we're using light at a very safe level so that it can stimulate changes in the tissues. Mm-hmm. And yes, there's no side effects. It's totally safe. There's really no downsides to it. And so it's a great thing to try before you end up in the surgeon's office. Right. Um, and for, for a lot of people, at least. Right. So that's why when I saw some of these studies come across my desk earlier in the summer, mm-hmm. uh, it really got my attention. Uh, and the first one that I saw was this commentary in Pain Journal, which is a very, very high-impact journal. And this was really interesting because um, it says, the title is uh, Photobiomodulation Therapy for Chronic Low Back Pain, Time to Move On. It's a very eye-catching title there. So I thought, well, that's interesting. Now, photobiomodulation is just the term that we kind of lump all the light therapies under, whether it's class 4 laser or LEDs. Mm -hmm. Photobiomodulation means we're using light to stimulate a biological change. So right. that's our that's our, our kind of current term. So I thought, well, that's, just, that's weird. Because we know, we see laser therapy work for low back pain all the time, right. every single day. Very effective. And yeah. And you know, again, it's not easy. Not yeah. every single case responds, but most of them do quite well. And it could take time. And It may not yeah. be immediate. Right. Um, yeah, it may not be just one treatment, one right. and done, you know. Right. So I started reading this, and and I thought it was really interesting because in this commentary, this doctor says that, look, low back pain um, and laser therapy are not a good match. It just doesn't work for low back pain. He says, clinicians should switch to known effective therapies and stop wasting finite resources and patients' time. I thought, man, we've got a lot of positive studies that say light therapy works. I wonder what he's talking about. Yeah. Right? Totally the opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah. So I started looking into, into mm-hmm. the studies that were done, and there's a lot of problems with these studies. And I won't go into the technical details of them, but essentially it boils down to some of the researchers are supported by a light therapy device manufacturer called Multiradiance. Okay. And uh, that's the device that was used in their study. Mm-hmm. And it was used at such a low dose that it's really below the threshold of good enough of a dose. And if I can make an analogy on that, if you're going to take ibuprofen for back pain or a headache or something like that, mm-hmm. and you take one of those 200 milligram or 200 pills and you, you split it into about four or five or six different tiny shards, and then you just take one of those, wow. what do you think your results from that will be? Basically nil. Basically nothing. I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, you're taking a fraction of a of a very tiny dose, um, and and expecting it to have notable results. Well, that's mm-hmm. what happened hmm. with these folks in their study that they did. Okay. The study they put together is actually really a great structure. Like they did all the things right, other than they used this just tiny amount of dose that really wasn't sufficient to make changes. And then from that, they said, well, light therapy doesn't work for back pain. That's like saying. You know, this tiny fragment of ibuprofen doesn't work for back pain. That's not fair to ibuprofen. That's no, not fair not. to light therapy. It's not. That's you can't you can't have something be effective with if you're not going to give it something to show some sort of change. Right. So. Right. And the worst part of it is that they said we're doing right on the dosing, hmm. and they they claim to be meeting 
the 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 kind of guidelines on dosing, which the minimum guidelines is what they called out. They said, "Okay, here's the baseline, and that's what we're gonna shoot for." But then they actually ended up performing about four times lower than baseline. And where do those guidelines come from? It's a great question. So there's the World Association of Photobiomodulation Therapy. It used to be called the World Association of Laser Therapy. Mm-hmm. But now we have our new term. I still like laser therapy. It's easier to say. It's easier to say. Yeah. It's easier to spell. Yeah, yeah and that's very true. Um, so they, they've published these guidelines um, that say here's your, your minimum and kind of your maximum dose range. Now, one thing to consider with that is that those guidelines came out many years ago. Mm-hmm. And we've had hundreds of studies done in just in the last two years. Right. So so there's a right. lot of, of change here, and these guidelines may not be quite up to speed, but still, they're the guidelines we have, and they're the guidelines that we're trying to investigate, you know, that these researchers were trying to right. investigate in this paper. Okay. Um, but it turns out they didn't even meet the minimum of those guidelines, mm-hmm. but then claimed that they were. That's a real problem. That is. So because of that... We now have two studies published just in the last uh, couple of years here that say that light therapy doesn't work for low back pain. And so one of the things that they did in kind of reviewing other studies is they actually excluded class 4 lasers and said that's not, that's not photobiomodulation, which class 4 lasers are just a higher power version of the lasers used. Um, in laser therapy, they're completely safe. Mm-hmm. They deliver a dose faster, and that's really the only difference. Mm-hmm. That's about it. So they're a great fit for for like a clinic. Mm-hmm. However, at home, you can still get good results from things like like LED units because they don't they don't produce uh, you know these fast treatment times. You know, five minutes or less right. on some of these treatments. But you've got time at home. You know, you've got more time at home yeah. to, to put into it. Yeah. So they actually excluded these, these class four laser studies, which have showed the best results for low back pain um, in order to, to make this claim. Now, that's, that's really being hard on these guys. Again, they did set up a great study though, and I'd love to see this study repeated with some actual dosage that meets the guidelines. That would be very interesting. It should, be, it should show very different results, because that's what we've seen from past studies that do meet the guidelines, you know, when they're when they're actually a high enough dosage to make a difference, you know, when you're mm-hmm. taking that entire, you know, 200 milligram <laughs> ibuprofen instead of just a fragment of it, a crumb. Right. Um, you know, it, it does show some really good results. But at the same time, this doctor in this in this um, this opinion here, where he says it's time to move on from photomodulation for low back pain, he does make some really good points at the end. So I want to give him credit for this. Let me read this. He says, this trial highlights the importance of robust clinical trials in clarifying uncertainty about treatments. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Obviously, too low a dose, it's not going to work. Right. He says, there's many other treatments for low back pain that have escaped into usual care before being adequately tested for safety and efficacy, meaning that we're doing a lot of things in medicine for low back pain that don't work and aren't safe. Mm-hmm. We haven't tested them enough. He says, key examples include opioids for acute low back pain, Mm -hmm. sacroiliac joint fusion, which the sacroiliac joint is that that spot kind of right off on the side of the spine, uh, kind of belt line level, Mm -hmm. fusing that joint. Um, He says, disc and facet joint replacement, basovertebral nerve ablation, spinal cord stimulation, 
and medicinal cannabis. All those things, he says, have escaped into usual care, mm. meaning that they are used frequently right. without enough testing being done on the safety and efficacy. And I'll say for the spinal cord stimulation side, yes, there are some people that it seems to help, but that is the minority of people that I've seen in practice. Now, that's just a small sample of, of the population, but still, you know, these are very expensive, you know, sacroiliac joint fusion, right. facet joint replacement, right. and these stimulators, very expensive, mm-hmm. kind of risky, you know, uh, you can't you can't go back and and undo some of the some of these things, uh, and and they're being done frequently without the safety uh, co- component being really measured and without even being shown to be effective, and they're just being done. Just being done. Tens of thousands of dollars per procedure, you know. Wow. Whereas laser therapy, you're looking at less than a hundred bucks mm-hmm. for a procedure in most cases laser therapy you know so even a series of laser therapy treatments in a lot of cases is going to be less than two thousand dollars to try and i mean and a lot of times it's even cheaper than that Mm -hmm. and it's worth the try you know in the in the grand scheme it's it's you know non-invasive it's safe where some of these other procedures that you just mentioned despite the expense there are Mm -hmm. there's there are still risks there are to that he actually says that in contrast to photobiomodulation, each of these treatments has the potential for considerable harm. Hmm. So, you know, we, we really need to be careful about just jumping in with both feet as right. patients, you know, right. from the patient perspective. Mm-hmm. Be careful about jumping into medications and surgeries and unproven stimulators and things like that without at least trying the conservative care option first. Right. So... Right. You know, if you're going to your doc and they're recommending, you know, an opioid for back pain or they're they're wanting to send you straight to a surgeon, maybe get a second opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, in most cases, that's not going to be really the right way to go. Mm-hmm. You really need to be working with somebody who does spine care specifically and who knows the guidelines and can follow the guidelines. The guidelines say that for back pain, you should be doing laser therapy, you should be doing chiropractic, you should be doing PT and exercise therapy, not these surgeries that, in some cases, aren't even done. Right. That, Open up the patient, close them up. Mind-boggling. Yeah, it is. I know it happens, but it's mind-boggling that it does. Yeah. So, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. If you have questions about these particular studies, um, again, you know, these are these are something that uh, you may hear about out there if you're in the photobiomodulation world, um, or that you know they've been published. You'll you'll be hearing about them for years potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, or somebody may say, "Oh, well, laser therapy doesn't work for low back pain." Realize there's a lot more to it than right. just what the tagline says. There's more to it than what the headline says or the conclusion. You know, did the researchers actually get, you know, perform what they said they were? Mm-hmm. Did they hit the marks that they should? Is it good research? In this case, we can definitely say no. This is this is a good research structure, but it does not prove what they were setting out to prove. Mm-hmm. If you have additional questions about that study, though, or if you want to talk to us about how light therapy can work for lower back pain and how to find an expert, you can go to our website, lasertherapyinstitute.org. You can get in touch with us there. You can also find a clinic near you. We have clinics across the country. You can find one near you and see what real effective light therapy and laser therapy treatments look like. Yes. Awesome. Go for it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you.
Subscribe to this weekly podcast for more great information. Find a certified laser therapy clinic near you at lasertherapyinstitute.org. If you're a healthcare provider, check out our practitioner-focused Laser Therapy Institute podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you.